Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. All right. Again, welcome to Joy. I'm so glad to see everybody here tonight, and I want to take a moment to welcome our Haslett campus that's tuning in online, our McKinney campus that's also with us tonight, as well as those that are watching in video venues here at our Keller campus. You may not know it, but we have a whole group of ladies in meeting room one, so shout out to all the ladies in meeting room one. We're so glad that you're here with us tonight. And we have lots of people hosting watch parties at their house, and so we want to welcome you and hope y'all are having a great time at your home celebrating with us. And then all of those that are just tuning in online tonight, can we all just put our hands together and welcome all of those that are tuning in? All right, so it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, at least here at Milestone. Did y'all love all the Christmassy decor when you came in and all the feels? I love it. It's my favorite time of the year, except for Thanksgiving, because I feel like it's underrated, and you know, it's a, it's a holiday where you're just thankful. There's no, no catch. So, uh, so let's not forget Thanksgiving. Uh, that's a big thing in my life, but, but I do love Christmas, and I love all the fields and all the decor and all the, the beautiful things, and so when I come in, it just, gosh, it just, this, I feel like joy just gets me in the mood for Christmas. This year, I got in the mood a little bit early. We got to do something kind of special. Um, a couple of years ago, when my mother-in-law turned 70, back in March of 2020, um, we gave her a gift. We said, we want to take you to New York. She had never been to New York, and we were like, we're going to go on a girl's trip to New York City. And then, as you know, in March of 2020, 2020 happened. So we did not get to go to New York for her 70th birthday. So finally, everything kind of opened back up. So this year, the day after Thanksgiving, we left and we went to New York City. Now, I'm a Southern girl at heart. There's not really any other time of the year I want to go to New York. Let's just be honest. No. But at Christmas time, oh my goodness, when everything is decorated for Christmas, it's just the best. It's absolutely amazing. And we got to see probably my favorite thing to do in New York, we got to go see the Rockettes. Has anybody ever seen the Rockettes? Oh my goodness. I mean, it's, it's worth like YouTubing just to watch them. I'm telling you, if you don't even like Christmas, you are ready to put a Santa hat on and like get after it after you watch the Rockettes. Like it gets you in the mood. So we did that, and we had such a great time, and, um, but then we got back, and I was like, okay, I've got to get with it. How many of you here already have your house completely decorated for Christmas? Awesome. Y'all are doing so good. So, my, so then I have another question. How many of you are white light people? Like, that's all you do is white lights? Okay, me too. And how many of you like the multicolored lights? You're the fun ones, really. We know you're the fun ones. The funny thing is now that I'm older, I really would like to go back and do like the, the multicolored lights of my you know, childhood, but my kids won't let me because I've raised them with white lights. So they're like, no, you can't change things up. And so, alas, we're doing white lights, but I feel like the people that do the multicolored lights are the fun people. Okay, how many of you have bought all of your gifts? Like you're done. Now you're making me mad. How many, have, how many of you have them all wrapped? Overachievers, all the overachievers, oh my goodness. Okay, well I didn't change my white lights this year, but I did do something different this year that caused quite a stir in my house. 
Now, when my nephews were born, my oldest nephew, Elijah, who works here at the church, um, I started, I made a, a stocking for him when he, when he was born. And it kind of became a tradition between me and my sister-in-law, Jennifer, that we were gonna make each other's kids stockings every year. So I made Elijah's, then I made Luke's, then she made Hannah's, and then we got really busy with a bunch of kids and started having them made, you know, and all of that. But it was, <laughs> but it was the thought that counts. <laughs> So anyway, but my kids have been raised with these stockings, right? So, uh, you know, she had all of these. She made them or had them made, and they've been raised with these stockings. Well, I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking it through, and my oldest daughter got married last year. And so it was like the night before Christmas, it hit me. My son-in-law did not have a stocking. So I went and got my dog a stocking. Yes, my dog had a stocking. Don't judge. And I embroidered Jansen's name on it and put it on the mantle. But I thought, honestly, it even sounds worse when I say it out loud, but honestly, that's pitiful. I can't do that, so we need to get like a new system. Because as, you know, Caleb, when he gets married, and then Lauren, like, we have to have, you know, everybody needs a stocking, right? And so I told my kids, I was like, we're not gonna use these stockings anymore. I'm gonna go and I'm finally gonna just indulge and buy some Pottery Barn stockings. And they were protesting. They were so mad. They were like, no. And I was like, sorry, I've made my decision. Deal with it. Like, put them on your door. It's fine. But every, no, like, no person left behind, right? Jansen can't have the dog stocking. <laughs> so I went. And normally, y'all, I'm a researcher. So I went on Pottery Barn. I was like, I'm gonna splurge. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get all these stockings. I'm gonna get them monogrammed. And so I go and I purchase them all. And the box comes and I'm like, I see that it says Pottery Barn. I'm like, ah, I'm so excited. And so I get them out and, and I, I open it up and I'm like, oh my gosh, these could be potato sacks. I didn't realize they have multiple sizes of stockings. I showed it to my husband. Y'all want to see for reference? I just want to say Jansen is representing this year. But if you'd like to see the difference, yeah. So my husband's like, send them back. I'm like, I can't, they're all monogrammed. So they are up on our mantle and we are celebrating Christmas big this year. We love Jesus a lot. My kids said, I sure hope you fill up those stockings. I said, with newspaper, I will, yes. <laughs> but I know a lot of times around Christmas, we start thinking about all the things, all the moments we wanna create and all the joy we want to have, and sometimes we don't know quite how to get there with it. And every year, our theme for joy is from Job. And it says, I will yet fill your mouths with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. And tonight, if you just feel like you've lost your joy, I want you to know that this is my prayer for you. And I always like to tell you how joy actually came to be. We didn't end up, or we didn't start out calling our Christmas event joy. Now, we've always had one. From the time when we started in the school and, um, you know, we were, we were, even when we had planted in October, that December, we actually had a, a little women's Christmas event in my house. And then the next year, while we were still in the school, we upgraded to the Roundhouse in Keller. And if you uh, know anything about the Roundhouse, wasn't a whole lot of an upgrade. It was more, it's, you know, suited more for like a men's event. It's got elk heads and all the things, 10 walls, you know, but, but we, we, had a, we had a venue, so we were super excited. And then we moved to Willis Lane and we uh, would clear out the sanctuary and put round tables and did a little Christmas carol karaoke, which some of you are probably very glad we stopped. I literally had a lady tell me one year, if you make us do that one more time, I'm not coming back. <laughs> 
course, I never did it. I was always the judge, right? I'm not going to get up there and sing in front of anybody. Um, but then in 2009, we were moving into our new building on 1709. And 2009 was a really difficult year for me. I've always been a pretty even-killed kind of person. You know, I don't have a lot of highs and lows. I'm just pretty. But 2009 kind of threw me for a loop. And in 2009, I actually lost a good friend. She passed away suddenly. And this was a friend that when she and her husband got married, Jeff and I drove in a snowstorm to do their wedding in Missouri. And they were at our church in Chico when we were in our early 20s and Jeff was pastoring. And then when we moved to Abilene to pastor, they moved with us to Abilene. And then when we moved here to plant the church, they moved here and helped us plant the church. As a matter of fact, when we were watching all the anniversary videos, I kept seeing pictures of Stephanie and it, it just took me back to those moments. And she just passed away suddenly and it was devastating. It was so hard and I was just really struggling with, gosh, God, she was like in her 20s and it just didn't make sense. And so I was struggling with that in my heart and I was also pregnant. And a few weeks after Stephanie passed away, I went to a normal doctor's appointment. I was feeling fine. And my husband wasn't with me because it wasn't like any kind of special appointment. It's just the appointment you go to every couple of weeks. And when I went in, the doctor went to check the heartbeat and he said, Brandy, he said, I don't, I don't hear the heartbeat, but don't, don't be concerned. We're gonna, that's, that's normal. We're gonna do a sonogram just to make sure. And so we went in the room and we did a sonogram and he was really quiet. And of course, this was my um, fourth child at the time. And I, I have seen lots of sonograms and I could see that nothing was moving. And I remember the moment that he looked at me and he's like, Brandy, I am so sorry, but your baby has died. And I remember just almost being numb, like, oh my gosh, this can't happen. Like, I'm past that point. Like, you're not supposed to lose your baby at this point in your pregnancy. Like, and, and Jeff wasn't there. And so I called him and he ran up there. And it was just this moment of like, oh my gosh, I had just lost a friend. And then I had lost my baby in my second trimester. And I was just, I just, I was kind of thrown for a loop. I just wasn't like, I just wasn't expecting it. And I wasn't expecting all the feelings that came with it. And because I had lost the baby and the baby had died and I hadn't gone into labor, he said, you know what, tomorrow we've got to go ahead and take this baby out. And so I remember the day before we moved into our new building and held our Easter services and our grand opening, I had just had the surgery to have the baby taken out. And I was in pain, I hurt, I was grieving, and I was mad. And I was at church and everybody was happy and joyful and full of anticipation for what God was gonna do. And I just, I just couldn't get on board. And I don't know if you've ever been there, like I was, where you just say, everybody is so happy. Everybody is so just like excited about what God's gonna do. But I just, I mean, I found myself mad at people for being happy. Anybody ever felt like that? You're just grieving and you're just having a hard time and you're just mad. And I knew that I wouldn't like who I was gonna be if I stayed there in that place. And I remember leaving after that and the Lord really started speaking to me because I just had a hard time. I'm like, I know I can't stay here. I can't stay in this pit that I'm in right now. I know that I've gotta somehow get out, but I don't really know how to because my feelings are telling me everything opposite. My hormones at the time were telling me everything opposite. Like, God, what do I do? I, I know I'm really not gonna like who I become if I stay where I'm at right now. So I just happened upon a scripture in James where it says, consider it an opportunity for great joy when you encounter trials of various kinds. I'm like, seriously? Like, I've never really seen it like that before. 
And I was like, an opportunity for great joy. Really, God? Like, my friend died. My baby died. And I'm supposed to, like, consider it joy? And he said, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And even though sometimes we have questions for God, and sometimes we say, God, I don't understand what you're doing or why you're doing it, and honestly, I'm just kind of mad. We can't stay there. And I did have a holy reverence of God to say, okay, God, that's not how I feel. Like, the feeling's not there yet, but I believe that your word is true. I believe that what you say is true. So if you tell me that I can consider everything, even the things I've been through, an opportunity for great joy, I'm gonna go on a journey to find out. So I started saying, okay, God, help me to see the joy in different situations. Help me to see the joy in everyday life. Help me to see the joy. And as I started kind of getting outside of myself, it was that year that we actually started calling our Christmas event joy because the Lord taught me more about what true joy is that year than any other year in my life. The year where I felt the saddest, where I had the most grief, where I was really struggling, God taught me more about joy. It was the first year that we actually had gifts for widows and single moms. And it's amazing how when you start seeing what other people are going through and kind of get outside of yourself a little bit, how you can see the opportunity for joy. Like, I might be dealing with this, but you know what? There's a lot of people that are dealing with things even worse than me. It doesn't negate the things that I've gone through. But you know what? They've gone through things, and they have their joy. They've gone through this, and they're still choosing joy. See, we have our T-shirts, and we have our sweatshirts every year, and they don't just say joy. They say, choose joy. Because I believe, and this is what I feel like God taught me, that joy is a choice. It's a choice that we have to make, and it's a choice that we have to come back to. Sometimes the feeling's not there, but if we trust God and we step out and say, you know what, I'm gonna choose joy, God's gonna meet us. If we, you know, it's like, remember that game, Mother May I? And it's like, you can take one baby step. That's what your, you know, your friend wanted to always tell you because they didn't want you to get too far. You can take one baby step, you know, forward. You had to say, Mother May I? But then there was that one giant leap. It's like, if we take that one baby step towards God, he's gonna take that giant leap towards us and meet us. And he's gonna give us everything we need for life, for godliness, to live a life full of joy. Now, sometimes you may have things like I did where you can point to it and say, this is what caused me to lose my joy. It was this moment. It was my divorce. It was this abuse that happened when I was a kid. It was this thing that happened where somebody just did me wrong and I have this bitterness and resentment towards them. Like I thought everything was good and all of a sudden they just, they slighted me, they, they, they cheated me. Or maybe it was a friend that betrayed you or spouse, and you can look back and you say, I remember the moment where I lost my joy. Sometimes we don't really know. Sometimes we just get this feeling, and it's just kind of like we just, we know that everything's just not quite right. We don't know what happened, but it's just as simple as we feel a little off. But tonight, my goal, and what I would desire the most, is that you have a moment with God, that you find out, like, God, I know maybe there's been a moment where I've lost my joy. Maybe I've just been feeling a little off and I didn't know what it is, but I want you to come and meet with me, God, because I want you to restore my joy. I'm gonna look for the opportunity tonight, God, for you to restore my joy and give me back the joy of my salvation. Because the joy that Jesus wants to bring is, is bigger than his birth. It's bigger than the fact that he became a man and he lived with us. And um, it's a joy that can overcome any challenge. Now, let me tell you about the story of Christmas. We think about Christmas and we think, you know, good news of great joy. 
But you think about Mary. And I'm thinking about when the angel came and, and, and met with Mary. I'm like, okay, so you're gonna get pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and then you're gonna have to walk this out. And, and you know she's gotta be thinking in her mind, like, so what am I gonna say to Joseph exactly? <laughs> like, oh, I'm pregnant, but it's by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's a little unprecedented at the time, right? And then what are you gonna tell your parents? And the townspeople, they're gonna be like, yeah, right. And then you're gonna have to walk through that. You're gonna have to you know, deal with snickers and talking behind your back and, oh yeah, she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? And then I think about the fact when she was nine months pregnant and they had to go to Bethlehem for the census. It was 90 miles away. So we think about 90 miles. We think we could get in our car, maybe drive an hour and a half, you know, and, and be there. But she was on a donkey. She was nine months pregnant. She might have been the mother of Jesus, but she was a pregnant woman with hormones on a donkey <laughs> for 90 miles. You can imagine there wasn't a lot of joy going on with that moment, right? Then they get there and you're like, praise, we're here. So if we could just find a place to like lay down for a moment. Oh no, no, no room in the inn, right? No place to lay down and just kind of rest and you know, just kind of take a moment to just chill. No, as a matter of fact, you can go, you know, we, we call it a stable. All our nativities kind of look like a stable, but it was more like a cave, you know, a cave, like a damp, dark, you know, cold cave where she was gonna get to have her baby by herself. Oh, joy. <laughs> right? So the Christmas story tells us that he's gonna bring good news of great joy for all the people, but that doesn't come without sometimes some challenges, some trials, some tribulations. When Jesus comes into our lives, it is good news that causes great joy. It's for all the people, it's for all of us. And that's what makes Christmas so special, but sometimes it doesn't come in the package that we think it's going to. It says in John 16, he says, very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. It's hard to have joy sometimes too when people are celebrating in your pain. But Jesus even understood this. He said, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. No one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And until now, you have not asked for anything in my name, but ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Joy is one thing, but complete joy is something else. And that's what we all really want in our lives is complete joy. So if you don't know the story, it happened just like Jesus said. They were discouraged, terrified, sad. They went back to their lives but he went and found them. He restored them and he explained to them that this was always God's plan. And then he filled them with power and he ascended to heaven. And these men and women formed what became the early church and is still the church that's going on today. They faced every kind of challenge that you could possibly imagine, but no one took away their joy. And it's this joy that allowed them to trust God and ask him for whatever they needed. And he always met them. So if Jesus has this kind of joy for us, why don't we experience it more? Well, 
I don't know about you, I don't know how many of you travel. I wish I was one of those people that could just, you know, pack a little carry-on bag and, and just pack everything in there and take it and, and have everything I need. But I'm one of those people that takes a carry-on to fit everything I can't fit in my big suitcase. <laughs> then I'm gonna take a shoulder bag that's got all the other things I need, my makeup, you know, my hairspray in case, you know, we get stranded and, you know, you don't wanna look too crazy. And, you know, and then I'm gonna have my purse. And so, have you ever gotten to where you're going? Say, like, you're going to a hotel, and it's like a nice hotel, and you literally have your bag, your carry-on, your bag, your purse, and maybe three kids hanging off your leg, and you see the bellman, and he wants to help you, but you realize, I'm so prepared, but I don't actually have any cash. So he wants to come and help you, and you're like, oh, no, no, I got it. <laughs> so you got your bag, your bag, your bag, your purse, and three kids, and you're like, no, 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 I, I got it. I've got it. And he's like, no, no, let me help you. Oh, no, 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 I don't have anything to give you. You wanna help me, but I don't have anything to give you in return, so I got it. And I'm gonna break my back carrying those bags when there's somebody right there to help me. I feel like so many times in life, this is what we do. God wants to, he says, I just, I wanna come and I wanna take that for you. I wanna take that, I wanna help you. And you're like, no, I got it. I don't deserve that. I don't have anything that I can actually give you in exchange. So I, I'm gonna keep it. I, I'm gonna carry it all. I've got this. Until you don't got it. Until you are just dragging your feet, carrying this baggage, and you feel so heavy, so just weighed down with the weight of it all. And he was right there the whole time to take it for us. We have to look to him as our source of help. It's something we can't do on our own. So how do we have the kind of joy that we really want in our lives? What keeps us? Well, first of all, let's talk about what keeps us from it. First of all, we have fear and anxiety. And let me just tell you, anxiety robs joy. It does. I mean, you can just be having a great outlook on life, excited about tomorrow, and then the enemy will give you a thought, what if? What if this happens? And Honestly, you could be so excited, so happy, and then the joy just drains out of you. Fear and anxiety are at an all-time high in our society today, and it is robbing our joy. Secondly, sometimes we think that joy is a feeling that's based on our circumstances. You know, like, oh, you know, I, I feel joyful, so I have joy. But again, just like these t-shirts, choose joy. Joy is a choice. It's a choice that we have to keep coming back to. It's not a feeling, it's a choice. Like, okay, God, I'm gonna choose joy in this circumstance whether I feel like it or not because my feelings are an indicator, but they're not a dictator. My feelings don't get to dictate whether I have joy or not. I have joy because I trust in you. Another reason we don't have joy is because we struggle with comparison. We like to compare ourselves to that girl next door and comparison is the thief of joy. You could be thinking you are all that and a bag of chips. And next thing you know, somebody else walks out and you're like, oh, they, they, they're cute. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was cute, but they're, they're real cute, <laughs> you know? And next thing you know, you thought you were great right up until you started comparing yourself to someone else. Or you think, oh, you know, I love how God made me. Till you see how God made somebody else that's a little different. And you were like, well, I wish I had that set of gifts. Like, I have friends and they are just so administrative. And I wish I had that gift. 
and they're organized. Man, their pantries are like, what's that home edit show or whatever, you know? I don't even get that, I don't even wanna watch that. But then I want my pantry to look like their pantry. And so then you start comparing yourself, man, I'm just disorganized, am I just lazy? Am I just lazy? They're, Cause they're on it. Cause they're just, they, they do that for fun. I go to dance parties for fun. I don't organize my pantry, you know? And so you start comparing yourself and that's the quickest way to lose your joy is to compare yourself to somebody else because God did not make them you and he did not make you them and he did that on purpose. He made you to be you and if you're always trying to be somebody else, you're gonna be a failure at being them but you're gonna be great at being you if you would just embrace who you are, quirks and all. I know that I am going to trip and fall on my face. I do it all the time. And you know what, I've embraced it. I'm hoping that I don't do it tonight, but my friends know if there is a curb, if there's whatever, I'm gonna walk straight off of it and try to catch myself. I'm gonna trip, I have done it. I have gone into the green room and we were in the other building. There were stairs, it was the worst thing ever to have stairs down into the green room. I did more flips down the stairs. I remember one time I was going down the stairs, flipped, landed on the floor and then realized there was a pastor and his wife that I'd never met that were in there to meet us that weekend. <laughs> And here I am, spread eagle on the ground. <laughs> and then in that old building too, there was a back door. So, you know, when we were gonna go around and try to get, you know, beat everybody back to, so we could greet them and shake their hands. And we'd cut through the children's area and there were stairs down and there was a rail. And I remember one time I had this little dress on and I was running down those stairs and I literally tripped, hit the rail with my shin. It felt like I broke my shin. And I literally was like in tears. I could barely walk. I'm telling you, if there's a step, I got it. But you know what? I've just embraced the fact that, you know what? That's just part of who I am. Now when I do that, after I finish crying, I just laugh and I say, you know what? It's just how God made me. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not a fashion model that walks out in stiletto heels, you know, and doesn't, and doesn't even tremble. If I come out in stiletto heels, I'm like, this right here. That's just who I am. And if I, if I go around trying to be five foot 10, and walking completely straight, I am gonna be a failure at it. Why? Because that's just not how God made me. But you know what? He made me on purpose and for a purpose. He made you on purpose and for a purpose. So embrace who you are because when you do, you're the best version of you. But you're a terrible version of somebody else. So no comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. Bitterness and resentment keeps us from joy. So sometimes things, legitimate things have happened to us. Things that are painful, things that hurt, Things that, you know, you're never gonna forget. But there has to be a moment where you forgive so that you can get your joy back. See, we think so many times if we hold resentment towards somebody that hurt us or hold bitterness that we're hurting them. But you know what? They're actually going on and living their lives. You're hurting you. So whoever you've given that power in your life, take that power back and choose to forgive them so that you can live in joy. I know that's a hard statement. Some of you got really, really quiet because I know there's a lot of hurt out there and I know there's been a lot of abuse. Don't let your abuser win by living in resentment and bitterness. Forgive them, let God take care of it and walk in freedom and joy. Somebody needed to hear that tonight. You wanna walk in freedom and joy so you've gotta let it go. And sometimes we just think God's holding out on us. Sometimes we just don't have joy because we feel like God's holding out on us. 
If God really wanted me to have joy, if God really loved me, I would be at this place by now. I would be married by now. I would have kids by now. I would be in this place or that place or have this or that. We think somehow it's just this subtle thought that maybe God's just punishing us or holding out on us somehow. And those things keep us from having joy. But we don't earn or deserve our way into the joy that Jesus wants us to give. We have to participate in the process. Jesus himself actually showed us this. It says in Hebrews 12, one through three, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And then it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Throw off everything that entangles you and trips you up. Now, I don't, I don't know um, how y'all do sometimes, but sometimes we can kind of see things coming that are gonna trip us up. And I remember one time, this was probably about 14, maybe 14, 15 years ago, we went on a ski trip with some friends. And um, Pastor Eddie, if y'all know Pastor Eddie and Brianna were with us, and um, Brianna was gonna go take lessons that day to freshen up you know, her ski skills or whatever. And so me and Jeff and Pastor Eddie and a random woman were on a lift together. <laughs> now said random woman was between me and Pastor Eddie and she was probably in her 50s and was snowboarding. And, you know, Pastor Eddie was trying to be nice and make some small talk. And so he was talking to her and asking her how long she'd been snowboarding. And she started talking about, well, I was snowboarding, but then I had to stop because I had knee surgery. And so he proceeded to ask her, well, did you hurt your knee snowboarding? And she was like, no, actually, I had too many Bloody Marys that I tried to jump a barbed wire fence. And... <laughs> So I was like, okay. And the whole time we were on the lift, her snowboard was on top of my skis. Like I couldn't move my legs because her snowboard was resting on my skis. And I just had like this feeling, like she's gonna take me out. <laughs> like literally, like it wasn't prophetic, I'm not a psychic, but I just like, it's like I knew she's, she's gonna take me out. Just this, you know, foreboding, foreboding feeling. So I turned to my husband and I said, when we get to the top of this mountain, I need you to cut right really fast. She's gonna take me out. <laughs> he was mortified. He was like, hush, she's gonna hear you. <laughs> what? Stop. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. I know she's gonna take me out. Honey, sweetie, stop it, stop. I'm telling you right now, we got up to the top of that lift and just like I said, I, I knew how it was going in my mind's eye. She never took her snowboard off my skis. And you know, a lift pushes you off. So it pushes us off and I'm under her feet and it pushes us off and we go doing flips like a snowball off of the lift and she landed on top of me and she was not a small statured woman. 
And Pastor Jeff and Pastor Eddie, they skied up a little bit and they looked back and they were like, oh my God, you said that was gonna happen. <laughs> it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I was like, it didn't take a prophet to see that. I told you it was gonna happen. And so I was, I was in pain, I was, tears were, you know, you're trying to be strong, but tears were coming down my cheeks. And I was like, you know what? I think, you know, I'm just, it's almost time for Brianna's lessons to be over. I'm gonna meet her down, pick her up from her lessons, like she's my kid. And um, we're gonna go to the hot chocolate stand. I'll just meet y'all there later. So I go down, I ski on down, and I'm telling Brianna, and I just wanna just, somebody to commiserate with me for a minute. So I'm just telling her my sob story you know, and how they weren't listening to me and all the things. And while I'm telling her this, I walk straight off a ledge. <laughs> straight off a ledge. I land, and I had my hot chocolate. I land on my back, and I have a hot chocolate, like, body mark, you know, like when they do the tape or whatever. I had hot chocolate. Like, you could, I got up, and you could see where I had been. And at that point, I was in so much pain, and she just stood there and laughed at me, too. So a lot of friends I have. But um, anyway, but it didn't just take me out for the day. I ended up being out for the whole week. But I think it's like that in life sometimes. We see something that's coming to take us out, a thought that we know is not from God, a feeling, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. We see something that's coming to take us out. And instead of taking authority over that thing, and saying, I am not gonna entertain that, because I could have told that lady on the, on the lift very nicely, I'm gonna need you to take your snowboard off my skis. But instead of addressing it, I just thought, we'll just see how it all works out. <laughs> it didn't work out very good, just FYI. But so many times in life, that's what we do. We see something coming, and we know it's gonna take us out, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and instead of taking authority over that thing, we just think, well, I'm just gonna see how it all works out. Well, let me just tell you, you get blindsided and you get taken out of the race. Sometimes it's for the day, you just have to lick your wounds and you're like, okay, God, I'm back up, I'm gonna be healed. But sometimes you end up being out for a very long time and it's not where you ever intended to be. But all we have to do is recognize those things that the enemy has, his strategy to take us out and our thought process and our life and our trusting of God and his goodness, all we have to do is start identifying it and taking authority over those thoughts and say, you know what, that is not what God's word says. He is for me and not against me. He loves me and he has the best in mind for me. He is with me even when I don't understand. Even in my darkest days, he walks beside me and he's got me. And we start replacing those lies with the truth of God. So God wants us to live a life of joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Again, it's the reason we say choose joy. I've got choose joy sweatshirts right here, I love it. Choose joy. How do we do that? We choose joy daily. Every day, we surrender it to Jesus. Every day, we say, God, sometimes I don't understand what's going on, I don't understand everything that happens, but I give you my life, God, because I know that my life in your hands is safe. My life in your hands is good. My life in your hands is better. One day in your courts is a, better than a thousand elsewhere. God, I know that when I am with you and when I surrender it to you, God, I can trust you with my whole life. Daily remind yourself that God 
is good and he's in control. So many times we just wanna try to take control back from God. Because we think if we control it, we can make it better. But most of the time, we sabotage. So just remind ourselves that God is in control and we can trust him with our life. Daily read God's word. That's where his promises are found. If you, if you think, well Brandy, it's just so religious to have to just read God's word every day. I just I don't get anything out of it. Go look for his promises. He has promises in his word for you. Promises for good and not harm. To tell you who you are and what you were created for. So get in his word and know how he's made you and who you are and continue to read his promises. And daily prioritize relationships. You know, again, when I was going through all of the things that I was going through in 2009 and I had lost my joy and I was just feeling mad, I had a group of girls that I had been building with for years that came and they surrounded me. They brought me cookies, they brought me food, they loved on me, they loved on me when I was mad, they loved on me when I was hurt, but they were always trying to lift me up out of that pit. I also remember hearing Teresa's story. And Teresa was a single mom and she was struggling. She had made some mistakes, she wasn't feeling worthy, and her daughter had started coming to Elevate, our youth group, and her daughter had really gotten touched by God and really wanted her mom to come to church. And she kept inviting her mom to church, and her mom's like, no, I don't deserve to go to church. They wouldn't accept me there. And she just, she just kind of kept just declining. And her daughter just kept reaching out to her, saying, mom, I really want you to come. I promise it's gonna be different than you think. And as Teresa finally said, okay, fine, I'll come, she came and God met her in this place. See, sometimes just an invite, sometimes you think my family member, they've said no five times, invite them again. Keep reaching out, keep loving on them. Sometimes we think, oh, we need to meet somebody new and I encourage you to do that tonight. But sometimes don't get discouraged in the people that you've been reaching out to. Continue to reach out to them because you don't know what invitation they might actually accept. And so you just continue to reach out because it was life-changing for Teresa. She said she's never been so touched and realized for the first time in her life that God loved her that he accepted her, that she had not disqualified herself from his kingdom. And that's a life-changing moment. But you know, I wanna leave this image with you tonight. You know, sometimes we think, gosh, Brandy, you know, I, I just don't really have much to give God. You know, I think about, you know, sometimes our gift looks a lot like this. God, we're gonna bring you our pain. We're gonna bring you our depression, we're gonna bring you our worries and our cares. God, I'm gonna bring you my divorce. I'm gonna bring you my bad attitude. I'm gonna bring you my, you know, all the mistakes that I've made in my past that are just, I feel like just ashes, like just a heap of rubble. But God, this is, this is what I, I have to give you. And so you bring this and you give it to God, but it's, it's not a fair exchange at all because you bring him your life, all your worries, all your cares, all the things that you would never want anybody to see, all the things that plague you at night, all the things that keep you awake, all the things that hurt your heart. And then it says, he gives you this beautiful gift, a gift that we can never earn, a gift that we don't even necessarily deserve, but it's not based on us, it's based on Jesus and what Jesus has done in our life. See, when we accept Jesus, when God sees us, he sees Jesus in us. 
And he has this gift. He's the gift of Jesus for us, and then he has these gifts that he wants to give us. It says, the spirit of the Lord in Isaiah is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Maybe you're poor in spirit today. He has good news for you. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn and to provide for all those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Today you might feel like, you know what? What I have to bring God is ashes. It's just a heap of rubble. He wants to give you beauty for ashes. And he wants to give you the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. And it said that they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places that are long devastated. God wants to restore the places that have been long devastated in your life. But honestly, you say, but I just don't really have much to give, but it's really not about what you bring to Jesus or what you have to give him. It's about the gift that he brings to you. But the deal is, he has this gift waiting for you. I mean, I could have this amazing gift that I wanna give you. And I could tell you, this is gonna be the most amazing thing you've ever opened in your entire life. Whatever it is that your heart's desire and your greatest dream, it's in here. And I could give it to you, but the fact is, it's useless unless you receive it. You have to actually take it and open it and say, I receive this gift that God wants to give me. And tonight, that is my heart for you. I don't want anybody to move around right now. I want everybody to just bow your heads. And we're gonna have an important and holy moment with God. With every head bowed and every eye closed at every campus online, if you're at a watch party tonight or you're just watching online and you just wanna have a moment with Jesus, I just want you to bow your head right where you're at. I wanna ask everybody not to move around because we wanna have a moment. This is, I told you from the beginning, this was my prayer for you is that you have a moment with Jesus tonight. Ultimately, joy is found in a relationship with Jesus. And I want you right where you are if you say, I need Jesus with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe this has been something you've been thinking about for a while, or maybe tonight you just realize what you're really missing is a relationship with Jesus. If that's you tonight, I want to pray with you. But I wanna know who I'm praying with. So if you say tonight, I don't, I've never asked Jesus into my heart and I want this relationship with Jesus with every head bowed, I just want you to raise your hand so that I can pray with you tonight. Raise your hand high so that I can see it because I wanna pray with you, yes. I see hands raised all over the room. And I want you to raise your hand because I wanna give you this card. Jeff and I have a gift for you when you leave tonight, and it's a Bible, and it's a book called Closer. But I want you to pray with me. This is all you have to say tonight. If you're raising your hand to receive Jesus, you say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I know I've missed the mark. I know I'm away from you. I wanna receive you. Just tell Jesus, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I give my life to you. I believe that you died for me. And I accept you today as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. But I want everybody to keep their heads bowed for a minute. I'm not gonna embarrass you or make you come forward or anything like that, but, if you, um, but I know that um, there are many of you tonight that you say, 
I've just, I'm that person that I just feel like I've been discouraged, depressed. I've had family challenges, things going on, and I know I've just lost my joy. I wanna pray for you tonight. Jesus wants to restore your joy tonight. If you're here and you think, man, this message spoke directly to me, with every head bowed and eye closed, I, I just, I want you to receive that supernatural joy tonight. So would you just lift your hand and say, that's me, Brandy, just pray for me. I know that I have lost my joy and I want that supernatural joy in my life. Just keep your hands raised. There's hands all over the room. I just encourage you, if you say that's you tonight, I just, if you could just be as bold as just to stand up and let me pray over you tonight. Just stand up and say, I just wanna receive that joy. And if you see somebody that's standing beside you, I just want you to just point your hands towards them and, and just pray for them right now. But Lord, I pray right now that whatever has come against these women to discourage them, God, Lord, we know that you're a bigger God. And I pray that you would fill them with your supernatural joy. I know that things are breaking in heavenly realms right now. Spirit of despair and bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness, God, or just sorrow. And Lord, I just pray that right now, in Jesus' name, that you would restore their joy to overflowing. And God, I thank you for your goodness and I thank you for who you are. And Lord, I pray that they would just have a double portion of joy in their life, that they would walk out of here with a spring in their step, knowing God, that you love them, you care for them, and that you want to fill them up to overflowing. Again, I just pray against the enemy's strategy to keep them discouraged and that you would fill them with joy in Jesus' name. I know that you're bringing joy into their heart. Lord, we pray for jobs, finances, children, marriages, Lord, whatever they're facing, God, I thank you that you've got them, God, and you wanna give them joy for their despair, for their health, whatever it is, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.